Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Toogies Take Podcast. We are back again to talk about all the lovely things in the world of hockey without Deke Slayer this time, unfortunately, but we very much enjoyed having him on a jam-packed Friday show that's not going out until uh, the Monday because of some editing hassles. But hey, that just means technically you're going to have like two podcast days in a row, so that's that's fun. Gentlemen! How are you? Endo Mills, how are you? Um, I'm okay. I'm tired, but you know, I'm okay. Fair enough. Sin, are you also tired and okay? Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm still okay. My foot's feeling a bit better. Still a little bit of a twinge, so yeah, hopefully I need to get back, get my ass back in the gym tomorrow which will be nice but i've just been doing fucking planks like <laughs> constantly <laughs> trying to keep my metabolism up so that, that's been like my workout the last few days is like that's all i can do the abs are gonna be insane just shred jacked finish beach body ready yeah, <laughs> yeah because it's probably a little too chilly and i'll have a shirt on <laughs> <laughs> at least for uh. my california ass there you go. Uh, so, yeah, hey, we're going to get kind of right into it for this episode. We do have some viewer questions in there this time around that we actually have some time for, which is great. But before we get down to business with those, we have to quickly mention, as always, this podcast brought to you by our lovely friends at Manscaped.com. Yeah. Of course, the best tools for the job in the world of men's grooming. Grooming in general, let's be honest. I have used a wide variety of their products. It's not gender-specific, man. You can do not gender-specific, man. Well, hey, you can use them <laughs> for any purpose you essentially have. Hell, you can garden with these fucking things, and precisely, because that's how good Manscaped's products are. I don't know where I'm going with this, Endo. It's been a long day. Sin and I just got done with the Sports Gamer broadcast. I didn't see you jumping to take over the ad read. Go ahead. Mid-ad read. Take over. I believe in you. Yeah, you can clean yourself and keep yourself nice and tame and ready to go. And guess what? Father's Day is right around the corner. You just celebrated with your mom. You're going to celebrate with your dad in like two, three weeks from now. So definitely we're going to have a bigger ad read for you guys when it comes to Father's Day. But until then, 15% and that free shipping, manscaped.com. Clean up your father. Clean up Celebrate your father. Father's Day with father and son shaved sacks. Listen, <laughs> there's nothing better. Going. There's nothing better than knowing that your dad has a clean sack. Okay, just so that way there's no nastiness or nothing going up. All good, all great for you. My father <laughs> listens to this. Anthony, I'll give you. I'll get you some. Uh, some manscape. Don't worry about it. You can use the um, the beard. Uh, the beard trimmer because you know I don't. I don't have a beard. I can't grow facial hair, so yeah. Sin, does your dad have any thoughts on this conversation? <laughs> no. My dad can barely fucking tune into the Twitch thing. He's so technologically illiterate. <laughs> my my dad Man's is game. such a tech guy. Oh my god. He has a Instagram page for his business and he's always on recording everything. I think one of the funniest things that we'll talk about afterward on our sponsorship with Manscape. Promo code Tugi, 15% off, free robot shipping. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Your dad will thank you as we get on to the rest of this podcast. I, th I feel like the podcast is over. I feel like we've peaked. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we What's pretty the much peaked? peaked. I just felt like we just kept digging a deeper hole right there. You're not wrong. Sorry. 
<laughs> You're not wrong. We'll get into some viewer questions. Let's start off with RG Dust. When are we getting Endo's mom on for another podcast? Just never. Whenever we have not gonna four happen. hours. <laughs> never. God. So, like, if we Mother's were to record in advance does, before going Mother's to Finland. Privilege does not need a sequel, okay? It does, it does not need a sequel. Uh, the most highly sought after podcast we'll ever look to do Mother's Privilege Part 2. Um,. It was an all-timer, an absolute all-timer. Delightful. Uh, from Dima, who from history is an actual wizard, or what's something you've experienced that you can't explain? I don't see how these two line up at all. Um, gentlemen, can either of you name an actual wizard? If not, something you've experienced that you can't explain. <laughs> this is where we're at today, apparently. Apparently. Um, yeah. No. Because, I mean, there's a lot of things that happen that you can't explain. It doesn't mean they're necessarily supernatural. Uh, we as humans are very gifted in finding explanations for things that we don't know of. You know, people get wiped out by tsunamis. Fuck, we pissed off the gods. You know, there's, mm. until we know, there's, there's probably, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's things that I can't explain. I try not to worry myself over them. I just think things happen for a reason. The crazy things that happened in my life, I can't explain. Um because I was on psychedelics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hit, uh, someone from history who is an actual wizard, um, closest thing would be Michael Jackson. Elaborate? Yeah. Uh, the magic that he brought through the form of music, <laughs> the messages that he sent, the way he really made a push for peace and love. Fair enough. Fair As enough. Dumbledore said, words are a most inexhaustible form of magic. That's my answer. He for also a real said wizard. 50 points to Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He did say that too. He did. Oh, God. Um, so I don't know. Like the whole weird thing. Like the only, th the most recent example I can think of, and I've told this story before, is last April 2022. Uh, went on kind of a, a road trip throughout the the Appalachia area, you know, hit up freaking both Virginia's, Tennessee, Kentucky. Um, and we stopped at an old uh, mental asylum in West Virginia. And obviously you're touring this place and you're hearing the stories about, oh, this place fucking sucked. And it's like, yeah, it sure, sure does sound like it fucking sucked. Um, and we got brought to the ward where like the most dangerous people were housed and it, it was one of those things where it's like i'm looking into a room and now obviously the idea in my head is like oh, this place is kind of fucking creepy it's already there um ridiculous like architecture though i really enjoyed walking around this place um but they also have it set up where it's like oh hey there's like midnight tours for ghost hunting Ooh, so it could just be the the idea was already put into my head but nothing had been said yet and I stepped into this room and got one hell of a weird feeling and stepped right out. Minute later, the tour guide's like, oh, yeah, and this is a room where this woman hung herself. And I'm just like, huh. The odds of stepping into a room and getting a weird feeling and having that be the outcome in a place like that, you know, the odds aren't nil. Uh, no. But, yeah, that was one of those things where I'm just like, huh, got a weird feeling about that one room and just felt like I don't want to be in here anymore. We so. are we are much more attuned to the energetic uh, shifts in our surroundings and, and things than we 
then we realize that's amazing. Mm. That's cool. So I, it was one of those things where it's like I've never really had something like that happen before. I'm so like iffy on like all right and all the stuff, but Whoa. yeah, in that moment I can't I can't deny and just be like no no it was it was I just uh, nothing happened. It's like no no I fucking felt something weird that I couldn't fucking explain. It's just in terms Got of that energy of like I want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so. Got the heebie-jeebies. I did. That's a, that's the scientific term. Isaac yeah. Newton. He came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> a few times after he dropped the fucking apple on his head. <laughs> he was dizzy. He had a concussion. We didn't know that word back then. We barely know it now. I'm going to say the few times after he dropped the shit. And I'm like, Jesus, okay, that works too. Uh, why do you sometimes. think he was going there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've all said some weird things on this podcast, so. The inner workings of his mind are an enigma. Uh, Finland! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. I'm trying to From think. Pens- Go ahead. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, if I've ever had a ghostly encounter or some sort of, like, heebie-jeebie moment. Um, trying to, I don't think so. I don't, I really don't think so. There's a haunted house nearby where my parents live, and it was, um... I know back in the day, she was telling my mom was telling me that, you know, it was uh, haunted and you wouldn't go in and there's a bunch of graffiti on it and everything. But then in the back, you'd see like a bunch of Porsches and Bugattis like parked out there. So I'm like, what the this ghost is like straight gangsta. Like, what the hell? <laughs> this ghost knows how to play the stock market and play it well. Mm-hmm. God damn. Oh, yeah. He has several ads of him sitting in front of one of his cars saying that you want this learned. <laughs> Buy my fucking program for a thousand dollars. God, to become a pop G. Here, yeah, here's my here's my program. Definitely not a pyramid scheme. Ignore oh, the not. name. I know it sounds deceptive, but I promise you, it's not. It's multi-level um, marketing now. Is what they call it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Don't you love how they uh, they just flip the term and everything's fine? Oh yeah. Uh, it's crazy. They're rich. I'm poor. Am I consider it? So. <laughs> You know, when you put it that way. Oh, yeah. Uh, from Penn's fan, uh, thoughts on the NFL approving the EBUQB. Um, so basically, the joke here is that the NFL kind of sort of approved the emergency backup quarterback, in a sense. Um, essentially, what they've done is ratified in the rule uh, that you're not going to have to have uh, your punter. Uh, essentially play quarterback or like the San Francisco 49ers where they had to play Christian McCaffrey, their running back as their quarterback during a playoff game because both quarterbacks ended up injured. Um, And yeah, in general, it's just, it's a smart rule. So essentially that the actual wording is NFL owners pass proposal to allow teams to have a third active quarterback on game days without technically using up a roster spot. It just makes sense. Imagine that a league that identifies a shortcoming and they say, hey, we should change that, and then they do it. The NFL, somehow better than the NHL. I, fuck. I don't know how. But yeah, that's no, a smart rule. <sighs> yeah. Logical reasoning? Uh, that's far from it. No, wouldn't, wouldn't you instead, <laughs> would you instead love the Leafs to have to bring in a fucking guy in college? As their backup for the game, isn't that yes. so much more fun? I want to, I want to get that shot. Okay, <laughs> I have one year of college eligibility. 
I don't think I'm going to take it, but I just want to be able to get up there, okay? We memed it. We saw how good I was in your in your Leafs franchise run. I didn't win a single game. I won one game in the NHL. One game and retired with like a 4.0 like GP, a GPA. You'll- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, I was going to say. If only. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be in uh, Ken Reed's next book. I uh, I never got a chance to read that. I can. A- I can read. Yeah. He uh he <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he uh put out a book about players. I actually there's another book out about it. I haven't read it yet. But there are a few books out there about like NHL players that essentially got like one game and then that was it. Um which are always cool stories. And obviously uh David Ayers was the first one to come to mind forever and ever. Amen. Maybe even a little Scott Foster in there. I feel like Scott Foster was better. Of course he was. He fucking made nine saves, was it? Yeah. And didn't allow a goal. He was a legend. And then he also didn't beat his wife and emotionally abuse her. (laughs) I'm not laughing at that. Just the absurdity of it. So if you want to talk about that for a quick second, apparently it was verbal. Okay, fine. I prefer not to talk about domestic. I'm I'm going to take a fucking shot at David Ayers when I can. Just fuck him. Go for it. Fair enough. Our final question comes from Bud Knight. Which team from any era was your favorite underdog to root for to win a Stanley Cup? This obviously uh, in response to uh, what's going on with the Florida Panthers. Um, Do you have that favorite kind of underdog uh, that you rooted for in playoffs before? Hmm. Because for me, the... um, the, the one that comes to mind has to be like the 2000 or really just 2003 in general. Uh, the Ducks in Minnesota Wild both making it to the conference finals. Right. And it's like, cool. You know, whoever whoever wins that, I hope wins the cup, which did not happen. Um, God, I'm trying to think. I mean, like the 2012 LA Kings, the Bruins were out in the first round. So I was just kind of rooting for chaos at that stage. Thanks. Trying to. Th- hmm? <laughs> I said thanks for that. <laughs> oh, well. well actually, I mean, I wouldn't... 2014 was a reverse sweep, but still. Pretty sure the Sharks yeah. lost in 2012 to the fucking Kings anyway, because they always played. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I wasn't rooting for the Sharks around those times, but, you know. I'm trying to think of other, other examples. I, I mean, especially more recent memory. Because I know, like, the Oilers of 06 went on a run, but I was rooting for the Hurricanes in 06. You know, the first cup after the uh, after the lockout. Yeah. I was rooting for them in the Stanley Cup because Sharks had just lost to the Oilers, so obviously I'm not cheering for them. <laughs> right, right. Uh, honestly, my favorite underdog story right now is Florida. I oh, have yeah. recency bias, maybe, but that's just, it's such a good one. Because every fucking team, Carolina goes and would be like, these guys are ass. And then now they're <laughs> in the denial phase, losing twice in overtime. Kachuk's been invisible besides what he scores. We're getting goalied. Oh my God, it's amazing. I'm just like, yeah, maybe Florida's just fucking good. Mm. Maybe they just I- have it. Well, obviously, we're going to talk about that in a second, and that's you pretty much set us up in a perfect segue. I also wanted to shout out the uh, 2018-19 Blue Jackets, who beat the Lightning in, in the first round sweep, but I couldn't root for them in round two because they played the Bruins. So that was the issue there. Uh, but you mentioned it, so yeah, screw it. Let's get into it. The Florida Panthers have a 2 nothing series lead 
on the Carolina Hurricanes, winning both games in overtime. This one, two to one in the first overtime. It did not take four. Um, Sasha Barkoff, mm. his tying goal. Wayne Gretzky called it one of the best goals he's ever seen. That's so amazing. <laughs> that's, yeah. You know, fucking cool that must have been for Sasha Barkoff when he found out. Yeah. Like, that's fucking cool. And it was. It was filth. Between the legs fake, back to the backhand, and puts it over Ranta. Disgusting yeah. goal. And you mentioned the man sin. Matthew Kachuk scores his second overtime winner of the series, this time on the power play, and instantly gets the fuck <laughs> off the ice again. That is, that is 100% going to be a selly in... They're probably going to figure out a way to add it into NHL 24 uh, because, I mean, I, I know they're, so. far, they're far along yeah. with the production, but that doesn't seem like a huge, huge thing to add in. And just the sheer hype around that right now, you have to add it in from a marketing standpoint, especially if with the not, other stuff that's coming. If it's not in 24, it has to be in 25. And, yeah, it can be a, you know, kind of like how they have the salute Catch and everything. You, you, yeah. you can shoot. Yeah, exactly. You can choose your end of game celebration uh, after, like, all the, the Hurricanes stuff that they yeah. added in. I, you just need that to be like the players just fucking sprint and leave or like they just leave as fast as possible. I love it. It's so you're great. right. That that would be the most commonly used celebration in EASHL. No, so doubt how, great, how yeah. great is that to fucking supplant the storm surge when it's mm. against the team that uses the fucking storm surge? Oh, <laughs> the marketing department of the Hurricanes are so pissed. Don Waddell is punching the air right now. I think though, yeah. I think what would be good is if they had had like an Easter egg kind of thing. Like you could step it in the menu, but like for example, if you're a team and their way to get out is like through the side of the net or side of the corner, if you skate to that corner, you just get off the ice. That'd be funny. It's, it would that be would funny. Be funny. Like, you can't really program it like that though, because you go into a cutscene the second that goal scored, pretty much. Yeah. Right. So it could be like if you keep it like the old games were. You could be if you're in a certain section of the ice when it's scored, it, it triggers a certain celebration or something like that. Where if you if you score and you go to that one spot, and it'll, it'll just cut to a different angle, cut straight to a cutscene. It would be very cool. It's EA. Yeah, let's, let's yeah. not. Let's I'm just saying. Galaxy Brain. Throwing, let's take the base. Y'all, y'all are it's, both game changers. It's, it's the modern gamer community. They want things given to them. Yeah, that's just how it is yeah. right now. That's very true. But yeah, no, no doubt they should add that for the game. Uh, in game two, Bobrovsky stops 37 of 38. We're about to talk about him a lot. Uh, yeah. Ranta stopped 24 of 26. It was a very good performance from Ranta, but they are confirmed to be going back to Freddie Anderson for game three. Uh, the Panthers goaltending through the first two games of the series with each goaltender getting a start has a collective 942 save percentage. Sergei Bobrovsky has a 971 through two games in this series. Wow. Holy shit. Playoff Bobrovsky, just settle throughout the year, scrape your way through in, and just say, you know, it's my seat now. Thank you, Alex. It's all good. You know, I'm just going to take the reins from here out. He's he's played fantastic. In his last three games, dating back, of course, to game five against the Leafs, he has stopped 150 of 155 shots with a 968 save percentage facing an average of 51.67 <laughs> shots per game. Well, that's an inflated average because the overtimes of that's still yeah. fucking hilarious. <laughs> it is still a funny stat, though. You have to leave it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw this comment on Reddit and just to outright steal it. <laughs> oh, boy. 2022-23 Florida Panthers. Barely clinched a playoff spot, ending the Penguins' 16-year postseason streak in the process. 
really the Penguins ended yeah, their own. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> penguins <laughs> shit the bed against the Blackhawks. And, and it's fucking one of- good bit of luck that did. They still won the lottery. The Pittsburgh Penguins can fuck off because they are arguably the reason why the Florida Panthers are doing this mm-hmm. and why Chicago ended up with that third best odds and why the numbers went in their favor. So fuck you, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Um, but obviously the Penguins, uh, not the Penguins, the Panthers overcame a 3-1 deficit to beat the Bruins. Fucking kill me. Uh, we'll have a video out about that soon. Finally, won't we, Endo? Yes. Talking about the Bruins' history of choking. We've hyped this up for a while, but that video is finally about ready to go. And again, I'll, yeah. I'll give Endo a hard time about it, but he had some stuff go on. So the video ended up being a little bit late, and that is okay. I was covered um, in soot. Yeah. That's all I'll say. <laughs> reminded you of childhood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, the days to be climbing up the, the chimney and just going through and handing out newspapers at the corner like Tiny Tim. Beautiful. <laughs> Um, obviously the Panthers beat the Leafs in five, including three wins in Toronto. This, this person in the comment to quote, send that fan base in shambles and put the franchise into complete pandemonium, which is kind of correct. We'll we'll talk about the Leafs a little bit more in a bit. Oh boy. Um, and now the Panthers are up two to nothing in the Eastern conference finals with two games at home coming up. They are six and O in the playoffs, (laughs) five and O on the road. Uh, you said in OT, right? In OT. Yes. Yeah. Six and oh in the playoffs in overtime. There you go. Yeah. Five of those wins on the road. Right. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. The Panthers have also won nine of their last ten games. From the Hurricanes perspective, though, um, we need to start talking about them a little bit more because they have had the tendency to get to the conference finals but boy once they are here holy shit because they have lost 10 straight games in the eastern conference finals they are 0-2 against the florida panthers they were swept by the boston bruins in 2019 so obviously 0-6 and then back in 2009 They were swept by the Penguins in the conference finals. They have not won a game in the Eastern Conference finals since they won the series against Buffalo in seven to go and play Edmonton in the cup final in 06. Then they ended up winning that cup. They literally have not won a game despite three appearances since now in the conference finals since winning the cup. Lol. That's impressively shit. Yeah. Like, really, that is an astonishing stat. And, I mean, Brindamore has been around for... He was around in 2019. Was he technically... Oh, I have to look. Was he on that 2009 team that got swept by the Penguins? I don't know. I know he was on the cup-winning team. He was on that team. (laughs) He was on that team... Uh, it says, yeah, 80 games in the regular season. It does not show him with any points in the playoffs. Playoffs? Uh, so he might have gotten hurt. Mm. Trying to look this up really quickly. It was near the tail end of his career, too. Yeah, he'd return huh. for the 08-09 playoffs. He reached the Eastern Conference Finals. But yeah, Brandon Moore was on that team. What the fuck's wrong with my camera? 
It just went out of sync for a second. It's fine. Not out of sync, but out of focus. Yeah, Um, out of focus. Crazy. There you go. So just a really weird, like, so the hurricanes. No one's necessarily talking about, oh, fuck, blow it up. But man, if they get swept here, that would be three straight trips to the Eastern Conference Finals where they've been swept consecutively. I said the word straight, but consecutively really emphasizes it. Makes you wonder, because again, no one's sitting here being like, oh, if they lose this series via sweep, you should fire Rod Brindamore. But it just, I don't know. It's just one of those weird sports stats where it's like, what do I do with this information? What do they do with that information? I'm not sure. And obviously the series isn't over yet. But are (laughs) the vast majority of people on the Panthers are going to the cup uh, final bandwagon? Yeah. Yeah, they are. And the Panthers have... uh, the Panthers have earned the right to have that talk surrounding them at this stage. It's yep. absolutely insane what they are doing. It's some yeah, they just need that one dynam uh dy- what the hell was I gonna say? The one donum domino! The one domino, <laughs> domino to domino. fall, which was coming back from three three games to one down against the best uh regular season team in history and then winning. Like that. They just fed off that, and they've been going ever since, and they've been using that. We're the underdogs every single time, and they they stopped being soft thanks to Keith Kachuk, I guess. Fucking yeah. weird. Let's be <laughs> they've honest. They've lost like Stop. three games since Keith Kachuk called out the team for being soft, allegedly. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. That was a weird one, too. Rolling. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm so happy that they're stomping on the Canes. There's just something about them that bother the fuck out of me. And I Burns is on the team, but I don't know. I, I can't even cheer for him because there's I, I can't even explain it. There's something about that team that I just don't like right now. Fair enough. We'll yeah. see what happens. Obviously, uh, game three coming up tonight. So we will see. And by the time people know, you'll know whether or not the Canes are back in the series. If Florida goes up 3 nothing, done done mm-hmm. i can't even imagine uh, the carolina hurricanes as resilient as they are as well coached as they are cannot imagine a world where they come back from 3-0 down against this florida team they Although, don't have someone who can take over a game really yeah so see i was gonna i wanted to kind of mention that too like in Great terms depth, of the but in terms of the game breaker for the hurricanes outside of sebastian ajo who are you looking at? Sebastian Ajo, I wouldn't consider a game breaker. He is their leading scorer with 12 points in 13 games. No one's point per game. That's pretty bad. Yeah, scored by committee is amazing. But you, st- you, who, you know, again, it's, there's little things that matter so much in the playoffs. Like Kachuk, like those two game winning goals. He's putting the team on his fucking back in that case. Like that. Yeah. That's clutch like that. You cannot always teach that. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing about Carolina in, in game one, they made it to overtime off the back of two fucking power play goals. One of them essentially five on three. Mm. I don't care what the win meter says. If you don't fucking score five on five, you don't deserve to win. Mm-hmm. Look at the Oilers. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> likes to call them power play merchants, but like. Uh, you, you, and at the time they were being power play merchants, they had the highest expected goals for at five on five, but they didn't mm. score. So no one cared. And they called them power play merchants. Yep. Like, yeah. So Carolina get good. The Canes have two players tied at 10 points 
as their second. Hmm? Said one of them's Martinook, isn't it? Correct. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who the other is tied for second in scoring in the playoffs for the Cans? Stefan Nason. He has eight points, so he's tied for that next tier down. Lowell, by the way. I love Steph Nason, but lol. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Uh, It is, in terms of scoring, Aho with 12, Martinook and Seth Jarvis with 10, and then with 8, Nason, Fast, and Jordan Stahl. I knew it was going to be Jordan Stahl. Oh, man. I'm pretty sure there was a two-on-one. It was Jordan Stahl and Martinook. I'm like, oh, those are the last fucking people you want in a (laughs) (laughs) two-on-one. I don't care how much of how much the devils made martin look look like fucking gretzky that's not what you want <laughs> mm. so no uh, i i agree i mean they're definitely they're you know deep. obviously they're missing like they have the overall depth yeah but in terms of that like elite level scoring it's like obviously patch already barely played for them this year because of the double injury which sucked yeah. they lost andre Svechnikov, but you don't even quite back andre Svechnikov to be able to do what matthew kachuk has done to even be able to do what, like, Carter Verhage has done in terms of, like, that clutch factor or, or even a bark off. I mean, fuck. Nick Cousins, if he was a Carolina Hurricane, despite the fact he only has two goals in 14 games, they were both big goals. Would you almost rather have Nick Cousins than, like, Stefan Nason on the top line, even though Nason's been a better scorer throughout the playoffs? Like, that might be a conversation just in terms of specifically using the term game breaker and who you would expect to step up to yeah. score that big goal. Like you said, the Hurricanes don't exactly have like that guy that you're just like, yeah, yep, like, this is the guy who's going to step up and get it done. They're deep as fuck, but they only have one legitimate first liner on that team, and that's Sebastian Ajo. Mm. Maybe someone with. else who's a legitimate first liner on that team. Like Svechnikov, yeah, you can make an argument for. But I mean, let me let me pull up his points. Like, what, what's he? Well, Svechnikov is out. But Still, you mean regular season? Yeah, yeah. Like, pull up regular season. Like, <laughs> Jamie, pull up see... some stats. Fifty-five points. Fifty-five points in sixty-four games this year with twenty-three goals. Fifty-five points. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I I, I I I I don't know what you expect from legit first liners is point per game. Yeah. That's, I think, the baseline these days. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. Can't disagree with it. I don't mean, fair. It's yeah. expected, honestly. Yeah, look at it unless you're way. a shitty team like the Sharks when you're tanking and shit. Like, but, like, for <laughs> as deep as they are, depth is great, but you have to have star power, too. Vegas got absolutely smoked by the Caps in the finals because they made it there with two third lines and two second lines and a bunch of top four D-man. They didn't have the only star they had was Mark Andre Fleury, and I'm sorry he's not going to stop the Ovechkin one timer consistently. You know, like there's no there is no one on that team. That's why they got their asses handed to them in five. Um, you can make deep runs without it, but I think to get over that hump, you still need the star power. If we look back to the previous Cup winners, they all have it. Yeah, I mean. You know, you keep it simple at uh, most recent Stanley Cup winners, which, uh, by the way, if you Google most recent S um, <laughs> as an American on Google, you can imagine what pops up. I actually fucking don't know. Right. Uh, most recent shooting <laughs> is oh, what God. pops up. Jesus, fuck. Uh, yeah, sorry, but that Finland just happened. I, 
I couldn't shake that out of my mind. Um, Colorado, star power speaks for itself. McKinnon, McCarr, yeah. Ranton, and Jesus. Tampa, Tampa speaks for itself. St. Louis, you could say, eh, but I mean, oh. O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Petrangelo, yeah. Braden Shen diving through the air trying to and take they off. Also, yeah, they are also dirty as fuck. So they, they had, had it yeah. both, basically. <clears throat> yeah. Washington, yeah. Ovechkin, Backstrom, mm-hmm. Kuznetsov was insane. And, get, and then guess who? Pittsburgh Fred, was before that, uh, right? Yep. Twice. Back to back Pittsburgh. Yep. And Sydney, then Crosby, Chicago. Los Angeles, Chicago, Los Angeles, Boston. It's it's all like, like LA yeah. you can make a slight argument, but dude, Kopitar's been underrated his entire career. And they have, you know, as much as I like to shit on him, Drew Doughty, who at that time was a star. Um Yeah, but I mean if you best, look <laughs> if you look at that twenty even like the twenty twelve Kings roster you still had, and okay, Justin Williams might not have had the star power, but Mike Richards was still Mike Richards at the time. Kopitar's there, Gagne, Jeff Carter. Like, there were still some names. They were more in the St. Louis line of yeah, things, yeah. but they were still the names. Like, LA and St. Louis, very much of the same mold. Even yeah. the 2011 Bruins, in terms of winning the cup, it's like, okay, if you're not going to flash Chicago, Pittsburgh, uh, Tampa, Colorado style of skill, then you need to still have very good skill and name value, but also have that grittiness to back it up because that is how those other teams won that cup. So, yeah. You mentioned Vegas. We'll move on to talk about how the Vegas Golden Knights also have a 2 nothing series lead. This is in the Western Conference Final. They won game <laughs> one, four to three in overtime. Didn't take four. Brett Howden scored 135 into the overtime after the Stars tied it with 159 left in regulation, so it looked like they had the momentum. Aiden Hill stopped 33 of 36, Ottinger 33 of 37, and then the Golden Knights won game two, three to two in overtime. It is the first time ever that the opening two games of each conference final have gone to overtime. Uh, The Golden Knights tied at 2.30 left, or about two and a half minutes to go. Jonathan Marchessault, after a terrible 10 seconds, not even five, 10 seconds from Ryan Suter, um, who actually didn't have that bad of a game. He assisted on both Dallas goals and Chandler Stevenson won 12 into the overtime wins it. Aiden Hill stopping 26 of 28 Ottinger, just 21 of 24. So in the series so far, Hill has a 922 save percentage, a 922 save percentage and Ottinger has an 885. Ah, uh, Dallas, Dallas is in trouble, man. They're Dallas cooked. is in trouble. No, Dallas is cooked. It's very rare that Vegas chokes away a uh, two-game lead. Although the Sharks did it. Um, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Dallas is pretty fucking cooked right now. They they blew it twice, really. That second one is egregious. Yeah, it is. Um, They um, have lost game one in overtime in all three of their series so far, which is insane. This is their first example, though, of back-to-back losses. I believe the first time Ottinger has lost back-to-back playoff games in his career. Um, And we talked about it all playoffs long. He has looked fucking shaky. Like, when the moment has been there, he's risen to the occasion. Uh, But for the most part, Ottinger has been been pretty bad in the playoffs, and you can argue how much the defense is to... To blame for that, but bottom line is he has a 901 save percentage in 15 games with a 284 goals against average. And based on the reputation here last year, that's not what people expect 
from him. And like, really, you don't want to count out Dallas and Carolina, but holy hell, yeah, 2-0 deficits are the odds ever against both of them at this stage to battle back, and you don't really favor either of them to do so. Nope. I don't have too much else to add about Dallas. I'm just, I'm very, very surprised. Here's the thing. Ottinger's back and forth. Good game, bad game, good game, bad game. It's been like that the entire playoffs. Uh, Dallas fucked up and they didn't win his good game. Or one of those games when it's just, fuck. How? You morons. Yeah, I mean. Good. Wasting Pavelski, you assholes. You're wasting your goddamn tax breaks and having Robertson on a steal. Yeah, that Jason Robertson contract still boggles my mind. Rupe hints as well. Yeah. are going up, up against another team with the tax break thing. So uh, there you go. You're all. really on the tax break thing, aren't you? He's not it, wrong it, to it be, though. It matters. I'm not going to pretend it doesn't matter. <laughs> and I'm sick of people being like, well, there's other factors to consider. And maybe it's not. A, it's it fucking matters. I don't care when you're able to take home more fucking money. I don't care how much you love the game. You play to get paid. It's your job. Like you still want to take home money. It's much easier for teams in those markets to be like, hey, you get more money here if you take less and it helps us out. We're going to have a better chance to win, which is another motivation for you. And you get to take home more money. Fancy that. Like, I'm sorry. It matters. One fucking depth player for one million. You you, you know how much those guys can do on a roster. Steph Nason, I'm pretty sure, is making less than a million. (laughs) Do you have an official guess of the Stefan Nason contract? Oh, it's probably close to league minimum. I'll say 835k. 762. <laughs> Basically like yeah, league fucking minimum. Oh, He's going to get paid. I love I'm so happy for him. He was I loved him on the Sharks. Um late bloomer sure. Um he grinded in the AHL for a year comes up and look at him. I hope he gets paid. I hope he gets the Barkley Goodrow treatment and then fucks off. Do it, dude. Mm. Get your bag, Steph. You deserve it for the Hakuna Matata goal song. (laughs) So, to wrap up playoff talk, May 22nd, before Game 3 of Carolina, Florida, is the Stanley Cup Final going to be Vegas versus Florida? Endo. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Sin. Probably. I hate it, but it's probably what it's going to be. I want Dallas to pull off the crazy shit. I want Pavelski to fucking sack tap everyone in the room and tell them to shape up. But they're mostly they're up to no man. Like that's such an advantageous position to be in. And Florida has the reputation for just stepping on everyone's throats the second they get the advantage. Yep. And as much as the series wasn't in their advantage when it came to Boston, the second they figure out how to play against them. Oh, it was it was all them. It was essentially theirs to lose, and Boston couldn't hold a fucking lead because Florida was just mm, suffocating them. I'm sorry, dude. Pounding it. Off off camera, just going. They were just like, bam, 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 bam. (laughs) If we can put that family guy clip into the podcast, Uh, I'll see if I can remember. No, Uh, they're just hitting it like Elzar and and Selzar and uh, Futurama. Bam! Hit one more time. (laughs) I never watched Futurama. Futurama's good, man, but it's not everyone's humor. I love that show. Yeah. 
coming back again. That show just refuses to fucking die. <laughs> on Hulu, of all things, and people are already having things about that. I'm like, oh, oh well. Hulu Someone Rama. who has Hulu, I don't give a fuck. So. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. A couple of stories here to follow up on what we had talked about with uh, the big show on Friday. We'll start off with the Coyotes. Um, obviously, their Twitter admins still going fucking nuts and having the time of their life. Um, and obviously, the continued talks have been there. Um, Larry Brooks of the New York Post, um, which, yeah, I know. I it's, guess that's it's what the, I'm saying, Brooksy. It's the New York Post, which is... Uh, um, essentially, quote, uh, we've learned the Coyotes players filed multiple multiple complaints with the Players Association during the season about substandard travel, lodging, and logistical issues that were in violation of the CBA. Um, Craig Morgan, who we mentioned in the last episode, covers the Coyotes, uh, had a quote from NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly responding to the statement, saying there's no factual basis for the blurb. The only issue ever brought to my attention related to player concerns Related to construction delays in connection with the completion of Mullen Arena. So, essentially, it's like, no, no one complained about that. They only complained, like, oh, hey, the arena's not done. Uh, Daily continued, quote, no other player complaints were ever brought to my attention. No grievances were filed. No complaints were educated, either formally or informally. Um, That's crazy. Larry, Larry Brooks responded, saying, I'm not going to engage in a back and forth, but I did not report that the PA had filed complaints or grievances with the leagues, only that players had lodged complaints with the PA. Um so essentially, Bill Daly saying, hey, it never reached my offices or the offices of the higher ups uh, for one reason or another. So Larry Brooks potentially not wrong here in stating that complaints were filed, but they just didn't reach the all the way up point. Um, I just felt the need to bring this up because right now it's, it's a real back and forth on that and whether or not players really did have an issue with Mullen Arena, what were the standards, so on and so forth. It's a both sides or not a both sides argument, but, you know, it's we don't know. The truth lies somewhere in the middle. I'm guessing what we do know for sure, though, is the other big story surrounding the Coyotes. Oh, boy. From Craig Morgan, quote, I followed up and Logan Cooley said the result of the Tempe vote definitely impacted his decision. He was leaning towards going pro had the vote gone to the Coyotes favor but it did not, and now he is returning to the University of Minnesota for his sophomore season. Fuck. That is damning, honestly. Yeah. That's incredibly damning, and that's got to be a huge blow to all the fans in Arizona. And shut up everyone from Montreal and, and Toronto. There are tons of fans in Arizona. Um, this sucks. It's this like just suck. when it's like, how can it get worse? It got worse, man. Um, having... Your look, franchise player is a relative term. That does not mean that you are a he's their top prospect. Yes, yeah, there 100%. you go. Like, he is their franchise player. He is the main guy to build around for the Arizona Coyotes. Now, of course, you can compare franchise players relative to the franchise players of the rest of the league. But yeah, as their hopeful in the future feature retraction to have him say, nah, is damning. Especially yep. when fact is this kid's ready. He's mm -hmm. fucking ready. Do you guys More know his point ready. total from this oh, year? It was yes. stupid. He was almost like two points per game in college, wasn't he? 60 so. points in 39 games as an 18 year old. Yeah, it's, that's dumb. He's going to get like 80 points next year. Like regardless. That's I mean, insane. that is and now absurd. You gotta 
How scoring. does this hurt his development? Because it might. Mm. He's gonna be go ah, <laughs> Ruddy. If you're if look how many people get hyped up out of these people coming out of the college with good stats and then they're shit. Sorry, yeah. college level is not close to AHL, and like it's not a development league. You could even yeah, make an argument I mean, some CHL teams could fucking compete with college teams, man. Yeah. So what's crazy is so he was he was up there in terms of scoring point per game. Uh, he was fourth in the league, only behind Montreal's Sean Farrell. Uh, Cooley was at a one five four. Farrell was at a one five six. Uh, worth noting uh, that Sean Farrell is 21, not 18 years old. Yep. Um, there is an undrafted prospect, uh, 22 years old, Frank Ireland, who had a 176, but he only played 25 games, but he did have 44 points. And then the top of the board was Adam Fantilli, who, of course, will likely be going second overall this year. Yeah, you um, see that bad hit, though? Um, yeah, yeah, he got, got ejected. Anaheim and Columbus should pass. I agree. <laughs> He's a loose <laughs> cannon. You can't trust it. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, no, this is this is brutal, brutal news for Coyotes fans. And one of those potential butterfly effects kind of moments that we're looking at and saying, well, we'll never know for sure now what would have happened if he went to the NHL level. But him not going to the NHL level this year, like you said, Sin, like could this just, you know, uh, stunt his development? Yeah. We don't know for sure. Um, but yeah, certainly the optics of it of, oh, hey, the Coyotes top prospect directly because of that arena vote elected not to go pro at first opportunity. Uh, that's, that's nuts. Uh, like he's not going to get paid. He's opting. Fuck the money. Fuck NHL money. I'm going to just play in college. Like, I don't know if yeah. people realize how big of a deal this is. He's not making money playing in college. Maybe some sponsorships, but he'd have those anyway if he was in the NHL. He's missing out on what's the I forget what his rookie. It's probably somewhere in the eight hundred, nine hundred k range. What for uh, signing bonus or just in general contract? No, his general uh, general contract. cap hit. I think the max it could be for next year is nine fifty. Yeah, I think it oh, went up to nine twenty five. I thought he was signed. He's not He's signed. Not, no, you can't. Oh, if you right, sign, right, 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 right. you yeah, yeah, lose yeah, yeah. eligibility because you get right. the signing yeah, bonus. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it, it doesn't work the slide the same as it does in Europe. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, again, he passed that up. He could have negotiated. Probably get the maximum rookie deal possible. Let's be real. He'll get 950. Like, yeah, that's crazy. That's legitimately crazy to pass on that. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Arizona fans, I hope there's some good news for you soon. Uh, but Lord I knows this past week hasn't been that in the fucking slightest. My God, it's just one hit. One hit after another, really. We have a follow-up with the Leafs as well. Um, oh, boy. One thing that broke after our podcast, um, I don't think Endo got to mention this on the show. He mentioned it afterwards. But from Pierre Lebrun, uh, we had the confirmation that Jason Spezza also left the Leafs organization on uh, on this past Friday, um, which... Resigned. <laughs> Yeah, he resigned, he resigned, which is crazy. Yeah. So what happened is Dubis was not Dubis was told he was relieved of his duties or they're parting ways with them. Then after the news broke out internally, then Spezza said, Okay, I'm gonna resign. And then Shanahan did his fucking press conference, which absolutely ruined I think it's ruined possible GMs to come in for Toronto. Yeah, 100 percent um, has. <laughs> yeah, like a thousand percent. 
And not only that, but apparently the whole locker room's been could been shuffled up. And now we're going to talk about down the line now. Apparently, you know, Fenway Sports Group has been has basically been given the go ahead to talk to Kyle Dubas. And I think I think he will take I think he will legitimately go talk to them and consider possibly working there. Uh, because before he said, you know, uh, I'm going to either be here or I'm going to be with my family. And when your former boss decides to air out your dirt, the dirty laundry or whatever you may see, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, I think then after that, it kind of triggers something in your brain saying, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to go back to it because he did also give him an offer the Thursday that said, hey, listen, I'm reconsidering on wanting to go back. And, you know, I talk to my family again and, you know, here's the deal. Here's the money. And then him basically saying, yeah, no, you're, you're done. See you, whatever. Bye. Here, here's your here's your cab. Get the fuck out kind of thing. And it's just I don't know what else you can you can do if you're. If you're like a Leaf fan to the, in this whole situation, because it's also awakened up a whole bunch of people in the same boat who are now basically saying, well, it's either you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan or you're a Kyle Dubas fan. And I'm like. I mean, you can appreciate the craftsmanship of one and still appreciate the team and the fan base themselves. Because no window, you have to blindly follow the team only. You cannot like yeah. players; they are your enemies as soon as they leave. You cannot disagree with the overall organizational decisions. You can only disagree with GMs. It, don't try to keep up with them because they're irrational as fuck. Oh yeah, I've totally, yeah. I've completely taken my talents to uh, the uh, the western side of uh, the the US, and I've fully jumped ship. And releasing the Kraken. I am I'm officially a Seattle Kraken fan because at least there <laughs> I can see my boy Ty Nelson sign that ELC and have him play up over there with Coachella Valley. What the fuck is up, Coachella? Or with the actual Kraken next season. So there's that too. Mm. So I, go ahead. I, I, no, I, I kind of forgot the point I was going to make. Um, In oh, regards no, no, to it's, it's kind of, No, yeah, yeah. Jumping back on the Jason Spezza thing. Let's hmm. all remember – the Jason Spezza saga in, in the Leafs. He came over for nothing. Mm-hmm. He played there multiple years for nothing. He yeah, loved nothing. that fucking team. Took a front office job the second it was available and said, I'll take a year being your assistant and I'll learn what path I want to take. He loves the franchise. He loves the Leafs. You know how much bullshit it takes for someone to be like, okay, I'm done and follow mm-hmm. one man. Rather than the than the in the organization that he loved, yeah. So sorry, everyone praising Shanahan and all these old school. You got to get rid of the fucking math boy and get a face puncher in here and all that shit. You're you're in the wrong, and Here's you're gonna see this organization yeah. fucking go de- back down to what it was in the early two thousands. Yep. Best part about it is uh, Austin Matthews was willing to. He wanted to get the deal done, like the day of he could sign. And now they were saying that there was a bunch of ruffles in the dressing room because of all that. People aren't happy with not just the fact that Cal Dubas was let go, but the way. Yeah, it was the how it went down. And now it's a whole giant mess. And I think it's really weird because Brendan Shanahan was finally getting on the the little bit of hot plate, a little bit of pressure on his hand because he's been there for nine years and the Shanahan plan is a bunch of bullshit, arguably. So, well, especially now because he's completely abandoned it. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. He's got rid of literally everything. Everything's scorched earth. Keith probably isn't going to come back. If he does, that'll be a fucking surprise, of all things. 
Mm. It's just insane that he felt a little bit of pressure. Decides, you know what? I'm gonna get rid of. I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of this guy because he's not the same way that all the old heads with the Maple Leafs like can appreciate. And then MLSE itself apparently had a bigger say in everything. And then apparently Cal Dubas wanted to have a more hands-on approach, not have to go to the board to make any sort of any sort of little move, anything whatsoever. So that I ends up another it. can of worms. Yeah, I absolutely wants, respect it. Being micromanaged is fucking stupid, especially yeah. from people who I have no idea what they're talking about. You know, the I'm best sorry. Part of- yeah. Rich fucks with money don't have any idea what they're talking about. The reason the Sharks have been so successful is because Hasso Plattner is like, oh, okay, spend to the cap and have fun. And he just goes back to fucking Germany where the hell he's from. Like, <laughs> he's just like, spend, fine, spend to the cap. Have fun. That Doug Wilson lasted forever at, mm. in the Sharks. Like He was a, such a long-tenured GM there. A lot of success. Yeah. No cup, but lots of deep runs in there. Yeah. I mean, Leafs can't say the same, obviously, but uh, it's it's just weird that, like, I want to say there's so much attention on this because I think the Toronto Maple Leafs were the only franchise in the entirety of the NHL to have a dedicated camera on the fucking GM all season. I don't know <laughs> what it was. The only other time I saw it was when Knowing the Florida Panthers. Yeah, when the Florida Panthers themselves won and <laughs> Roberto Luongo's like, Jesus Christ, Lou, I think you've been here before. Like, Christ. Mm. And, like, it, it's it's insane. I mean, the one thing was the Leafs all or nothing thing, and then, you know, it was nothing because they lost in seven to Montreal. It's, it's just super... I don't... I don't. It's annoying. It's annoying as someone who's worked in Toronto sports media. Just, to, like, literally everything's the Leafs. And I'm like, can we talk about something else? Like, no, Leafs. Who Who had ice cream this morning? Marner, post him. Who had this happen? Oh, post him. Oh, that's the thing. Ma- though. Matthew's got a tattoo of a tiger people with a, eat with it a up. crown they on it. Do it if, if oh, he's going to the Kings. It it's knowing people, your audience. Like yeah. yeah, people like it. Like they wouldn't do this and force it upon people. Like, I, like the people in Toronto are fucking fanatics about their team. They want to know mm-hmm. everything, especially nowadays. So there, it's it's not the media's fault. When people always bitch and moan about the media, it's like they're literally just giving you what people want. Sucks that it's all about ratings, sure, but that's right now what makes the world go round in, in the side of media. Mm-hmm. That's why news fucking sucks. Stop watching it if you hate it. Uh, people still watch it because they like pain, I guess. But it's yeah, this is exactly what they're going to do. Leafs fans, they want to know everything and they're reactionary, a lot of them. And so, yeah, it's people want to blame, blame Dubas. For signing bad contracts. Yeah, he probably didn't negotiate too properly. But look at yourself, fans. Look at yourself. The media fed you what you wanted to hear. Marner and Matthews are franchise stars. You don't think they didn't hear that shit? And you don't think they thought they were special and asked for the amount that they did? And their numbers in the contract? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, Leafs fans. Mm -hmm. And you are part of the problem if you don't like what they're being paid. Look at yourself. Look in the mirror. That's all. That's all media is, especially social media. It's a oh, mirror. Yeah. So if if the media is showing you all this bullshit, it's what you want, and it's what you helped create. There is no other market like Toronto where it's that obsessive. Oh, yeah. yeah, all season long, you're gonna know. Hey, here's Kyle Dubas's reaction to the goal or whatnot, or all season long. Do you think I have any fucking idea if Cam Neely sat with Don Sweeney to watch the majority of games? I don't have a fucking clue, nor do I care because I don't have to care. That is a Leafs centric issue. 
because of the way Le- a lot of Leafs fans choose to consume media and their news surrounding the team. It's yeah, this, right. this is what no pussy does to a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> This is what no cup does to a motherfucker. Um, <laughs> no cup pussy. No cussy. Oh, no cussy. <laughs> no cussy for you. Well, you might have an episode title. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Fucking hell. So, quickly then, because I had no problem with just letting you guys go. And if you have anything else to add, let me know. Um, to the Jason Spezza thing, obviously you start to look at Dallas or Ottawa as likely landing spots but yeah he was a kyle dubas guy and yep wasn't happy he moves on um the kyle dubas thing to pittsburgh conflicting reports between well they have permission but it's more smoke so luke fox had a report out we're told the uh, dubas to pittsburgh idea is more smoke than fire one source quote i think dubas is waiting for ottawa so maybe that is his eventual landing spot we don't know you know again yeah. we gotta wait at this point to see What's going to happen like on the that Leafs front? Waiting for Doug Armstrong, though. There's, <laughs> there's a contract in place there. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, probably okay. just like laying at home, like sitting down with his wife and kid, just reading a book. And everyone's like, "Oh, he's gonna go here. He's gonna go there. He's gonna go everywhere." And he's just like, I hope so. Man, he's just. I hope that's what he's doing. He's in yeah. a, he's in like a spa with his like millions I hope he's of in a dollars sauna right now. Yeah, <laughs> just chilling. Um. In regards to Shanahan, really quickly, you know, at first when people are just like, oh, he aired the dirty laundry, I'm like, but did he, though? He kind of did. Which one, Shanahan or Dubas? Shanahan. Yes. Yeah. And and where was the point of crossing the line for that? Was it the conversation about what took place on Thursday? Was it the revelation that the Monday presser changed his mind? Where is the point for that? It's him saying, like, he gave a step-by-step of his, like, reasoning into firing this guy. But here's the thing. None of it was, like, none of it makes sense from a business standpoint, really. He, uh, he, and and he's not, he's not telling the whole story either. If you read between Mm -hmm. the lines, it's like, this ain't it. Like, he, what he tried to do, and why this is airing Dirty Laundry, he tried to insinuate all these little different things that threw Kyle under the bus. Mm-hmm. Like little sure. tiny things. Oh, he came back with a bigger financial package. He all we now know he also asked for autonomy. Why didn't you mention that? Because you, you don't want to look oh, bad. Man. You want Kyle to look bad. Like I'm sorry. Like yeah, it's it's maybe it's not as egregious as it could be saying airing dirty laundry. But at the same time, no, you you said what I was brutal. hoping you'd say. Yeah. Okay. So the worst yeah. part about the contract is the first initial deal was like, hey, you get this money and you get a jet. It's like, <laughs> bitch, I don't want a jet. I want to have full control of my job. I don't want to go yeah. to like 15 different people so we can make one decision happen that could better the franchise itself. Like, that's the one thing that that completely irks me. It's like, yeah, we offered him a jet. And then he said, like, you know, like, I got to like, I want this instead. I want to have full control. And it's like, OK, let me see what my family thinks. of. That's the one thing that irks me the most is that since Kyle Dubas's tenure, he's added so many different things and programs, not only just in front of the hockey operations and managing the team, but just stuff as well. I'm pretty sure if it wasn't for Kyle Dubas, I wouldn't be a registered uh, level one, level two hockey coach right now because he was part of the, the program that ran up with MLSE Launchpad. And Can it you imagine? People... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me as a coach. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I laughed more that you said registered and I was just like... 
<laughs> I just laughed when you started. Regist- <laughs> I'm a registered. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, oh, no, it's funny as fuck yeah. that you're a coach, Endo. Yeah, thank you. Uh, goalie uh, coach mostly because uh, they okay, work better good. with – yeah, yeah, not regular coach. Uh, like, hey I, there, why aren't you deking at the blue line? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to try this stupid <laughs> thing. Open your body up to a massive hit. I'm going to need you to backskate <laughs> over the blue line. <laughs> what are you doing uh, making a quick breakout pass? Why aren't you backskating into another player and trying to twist out of it before making uh, a pass? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I just love hitting that LT button. My bad. Um, so yeah, I, I did want to add about Shanahan. Uh, and probably the biggest takeaway for me is that if I were a Leafs fan, I would have zero confidence moving forward because this was... I mean, this this was flipping over the rock, not Dwayne Johnson, but flipping over the rock and CD, seeing like the seedy underbelly of what's going on behind the Leafs and the ownership meddling. Mm-hmm. Because you mentioned the Shanna plan, both of you. The Shanna plan was moving on from Lou Lamorello, uh, letting a certain uh, crotchety man go back to the London Knights and siding with Kyle Dubas. And now here we are five years later. Dubas is gone. Shanahan's fine. I know. That's stupid. That That's the big telltale sign to me is that, oh, Shanny's fine. There's no talk at all about his job being in danger. The owners like him. You can imagine why the owners like him. Very much likely a yes man. Much like Gary Bettman. Yes man to the owners. Heat shield for the owners. That is Brendan Shanahan's role, and apparently the owners are very happy with that. And you mentioned the idea of autonomy and no meddling against Kyle Dubas if he were to stay. Uh, very obvious that the owners still very much want to know that their input is being heard and that what they think should be done with the team is being considered, if not acted upon. That's a scary, scary proposition uh, for Leafs fans yeah. everywhere because once you get into owner meddling, oh, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Like Sin said, you know, the more often successful franchises are the ones where the owner is, I'm going to let smart people do their thing. Yeah, Uh, there are exceptions to the rule. Like, yeah, like there are exceptions to the rule. But exactly, like you talk about the Ottawa Senators. um, And again, people are just like, I can't speak ill of the dead. Uh, 10 hours before we knew Eugene Melnick passed away, you asked a hockey fan about Eugene Melnick. Oh, he's fucking terrible. But he dies, and all of a sudden, you're not allowed to say it. Like, no, he was a terrible meddling owner. In maybe not an outright terrible person, but as a sports owner, he was frankly fucking terrible. Uh, and yeah. we got to see immediately after his passing the presumed thought of, well, he Pierre Dorian no longer has Eugene Melnick meddling. And all of a sudden, here's the Alex DeBrinkett trade. Here's Claude Giroux. And all of a sudden, the attitudes surrounding the Sens are like, oh, shit, Pierre Dorian's actually kind of good at this thing, isn't he? Which is what people speculated for years, for fucking years. So, yeah, no, uh, you know, Sens fans have kind of seen that life already. And for Leafs fans right now, you got to be wondering, like, oh, shit, where where are we in the the ownership meddling? And the problem for the Leafs, there's not... That's yeah, there's problem. not a single owner of the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's a lot of fucking different people involved in this. Yep. A lot of hands in the pot uh, when Too their ownership. Cooks. <laughs> you guys remember that thing from Adult Swim? 
Too many cooks, too many cooks. <laughs> oh man, they're um, owned by MLSE. Uh, who I mean, God, you know, again is you got thirty-seven and a half percent for Rogers, thirty-seven and a half percent for BCE, twenty-five uh, percent for Val or not for yeah for Val Kilmer sports. Kilmer sports, best Batman. Val Kilmer, is Batman. It, You gotta tell me which one is it? Heat Val Kilmer or Batman? <laughs> oh God. <sighs> So yeah, Leafs. Uh, oh man! Fuck's sake! Shout out to Val Kilmer. Um, <laughs> would you believe new, we still uh, had Val Kilmer picture? <laughs> God, would you believe uh, we still had four other topics to talk about? And I'm just like, Jesus, do we even bother? I feel like we peaked. Oh <laughs> my God, it's that's oh, it's, it's crazy. It's always fun to talk about the Leafs and shit on them a little bit while oh, discussing boy. actual happenings in the hockey world. We could be a good hockey podcast, man. Just more good, but, more cool shit needs to happen. But I just yeah. come and fuck it up all the time with my stupid jokes and one-liners. God damn it. Okay, one uh, last we will, thing. Oh, we will on. move on to those final few talking points here and, and look to wrap up the show. Um, first and foremost, the Calgary Flames, speaking of GM talks, uh, are naming former player Craig Conroy as their new uh, general manager. Um, he has been with the Flames organization in a uh, staff role since the 2010-2011 season. He spent four years as special assistant to the GM and has been an AGM with the team since 2014. So it's not as if he's uh, just being kind of thrown to the wolves here, but it could be a more of the same, given that you didn't bring in an outside voice. Um, so, you know, implications there being, hey, well, Craig will Craig knows what we want with the team. He'll listen to us, perhaps. Uh, with ownership there however a bit of a bombshell from frank saravalli earlier today according to source uh, sources a certain person will be joining the flames in a senior management role next to craig conroy after ownership was impressed with him in an interview uh the belief is also that jerome mcginla will be brought in as an advisory in an advisory or as a consultant but that person i am referring to is very relevant to Toronto Maple Leafs conversation because we're talking about Dave Nonis. Oh, no. Now, Dave Nonis, as a history lesson of his role in hockey, because Dave Nonis at 50s, he is a hockey man. Dave Nonis is a hockey man. And I have a soft spot for Dave Nonis, former captain of the University of Maine black bears in his playing days um but that was it essentially and he went into management almost immediately an assistant coach at umaine was then brought on by the canucks at the end of the 90s where he was director of hockey operations until he took over as gm with the team in 2004 2005 a role he held until 2008 where after a little bit of time with the Ducks as a senior advisor, was brought on to the Maple Leafs as senior VP of Hockey Ops and director of Hockey Operations until 2012-2013, where he took on the role as GM for the next three seasons. Did anything good happen for the Leafs between 2012 and 2015? (laughs) I received the greatest birthday present ever, the Maple Leaf Meltdown. 
Not just the Maple Leaf Meltdown, the Maple Leaf Meltdown. Yeah. You want to you inform? I know what you're talking about. Was you, he you the one elaborate? who signed FNUF in uh, Castle, though? Oh, let's talk. About I believe Daniels. so. I believe he was the guy. 2012 was around that time. Hold on. Brian Burke was still GM. Brian Burke was GM, and I believe he brought in Phil Castle to quote unquote fill in seats. He brought in the player to fill in seats on a team that was struggling. Because, yeah, you know, you got ownership told him to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's see. Do we have any interesting trades? Uh, Dave Nonis was the one to acquire Jonathan Bernier. Which you know, okay. not the worst in the world. Uh, oh, got well. Dave Boland on a on a pretty good pretty good pickup. Uh, Tim oh, Gleason for John Michael Lyles. Did, is he the one who paid Gr- Grabowski all that money though? Yeah, well, I'm gonna I get to the signings was. in a minute because I was okay. looking over the trades. Um, you know, for the most part, I mean, there's from what I'm seeing, uh, there was the Nathan Horton for David Clarkson trade, which was nice because I mean, you only had to pay Horton. You didn't have to pay Clarkson to be shit for you. So his, his trade record wasn't that bad. Uh, we could get into his drafts if we wanted to, which, uh, yeah, there's there's some interesting ones there. Um, he, he was responsible for William Neal at eighth. Uh, but his signings included re-signing Phil Kessel to his extension. Dion Phaneuf, seven years, seven mil per... Uh, signed Joffrey Lupold, signed the David Clarkson contract, Tyler How about Bozak. Mike Commissaric? Um, shockingly, Commissaric wasn't up there as the most expensive one. But yeah, he, he, was, he was in there for those Leafs rosters. And as Endo mentioned, the big collapse, obviously 2013 playoffs, round one of the Bruins. Um, yeah, trusted hockey man Dave Nonis. Who knows? Maybe not as the lead guy will be okay. Uh, he's been with the Ducks, by the way, since 2015-16, whether as a scout, team consultant, or the past three years as an AGM. So, you know, for Calgary fans, I don't know if you're confident or not, really. I'm not sure if you should be. We'll see. Uh, but obviously, they're in a super, super weird spot. And then these next two notes. Oh, boy. Um, so Johnny Lazarus, who uh, is a writer for the Hockey News, Tweeted this out. I am led to believe that the New York Rangers are waiting on Gary Bettman's meeting with Joel Quinville before the Rangers make any decision on who their next coach will be. I really hate the NHL. Get over it, Sin. We're moving on. Oh, yeah, clearly. clearly That's what Rocky Wirtz said. Oh, fuck. Mm, sorry. We're still considering bringing back this guy. After just oh, just take a little vacation, and then before you know it, we'll be able to work you back into a job. This is legitimately paid administrative leave. This is the equivalent of paid administrative leave for fucking shooting people in the street. It's a fucking joke. Yep. (sighs) Old boys, but the heat the heat will be worth it. The heat will be worth it because that that's that's what we've learned. The idea of Mm -hmm. oh fucking people want to cancel culture, Joe Quinville. There is no such thing as cancel culture, everybody, because. If you wait long enough, even if you do not deserve a chance at all, you will be given a chance, especially in the world of hockey. Mitch Miller didn't have to wait too long until he got that offer from the Bruins. We'll see if the Bruins actually let go of his contract this summer. I don't think they will. 
I don't no, think they no. will at all. I think they're going to hope that people fucking forgot. I think they're going to hope that people forgot. Like, Montreal's pretty much feeling like, hey, we drafted Logan Mayu and shit's fine. Who the hell is complaining about that nowadays? Nobody. Nobody. Um, yeah, Joel Quinville will probably coach in the NHL again. And a team will take a heat. We'll take the heat for a week, a month, and then they just would have gotten away with it. Yeah, that's it. That's how this works. So I would not be surprised if Joel Quinville is the next head coach of the Rangers. I cannot critique them right now um, because we don't know for sure. But the fact that there are reports out there that, yeah, that's that's something that's being considered. The fact it's even being considered is fucking disgusting. You also have a good friend of Leafs fans everywhere, Steve Simmons, advocating that Stan Bowman should be in the Leafs GM role uh, conversation because he's the best unemployed GM right now, according to Steve Simmons. He was a shit GM. What are people talking about? I'd rather he Shirelli. fucking traded Panarin for Sod. He fucking left the band. <laughs> Retire. Retire. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he is. Uh, he offered Seth Jones that money. Are you guys? What? The, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Mm-hmm. He's but a three, shitty three, GM. Three cups, though, Sin. Three cups. That doesn't. He didn't fucking. Oh my god. He was. What did he brought in after Kane and Taves were drafted anyway? Yep. And after Seabrook and Keith were there. Fuck yep. off, man. He was given it's a pretty. Yeah. It's the same thing that uh, Red Wings fans have held against. I forgot the fucking GM's name. Was it Bowman? Some people were holding against like Red Wings. The Red Wings like run in the late 90s. It was like, oh, but that team was inherited. It was the GM actually that good. Um, Hey, in that that conversation, who knows? Was the GM actually good for Stan? Was Stan Bowman a good GM? No. Uh, Certainly not in my opinion, because look at what happened the second he had to take the keys to the vehicle and try to steer them into continued success. That team fucking crashed and burned. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But again, (sighs) trusted hockey men will always be given another chance. In general, if you are talented enough that a team feels like you can help them win, you will always be given another chance. Also, fuck Steve Simmons. Just flat out. I agree. Fuck Steve Simmons, 100%. Uh, Look, there was a video that surfaced again about the, the presser. I think it was a few years ago. Uh, when it was Matthews and Morgan Riley uh, just talking about whatever. And I think Steve Simmons asked a stupid-ass question. And then you can Shocker. hear Steve Simmons, like, laughing in the background. Like, 100% just laughing in the background as, like, Matthews is like, dude, I hate your fucking articles. Like, fuck off kind of thing. <laughs> and the, the face that Morgan Riley makes when he realizes that Steve talking is like, Jesus, not this fucking bozo and then there's the famous one where it's brian berg saying you know the best part about me getting fired today is i never answer a question from you ever again so hats off (laughs) to that one beautiful um again new york post maybe take it with a grain of salt um but also larry brooks we got to mention him again um told by a reputable source that the disgraced Mike Babcock, at least you were smart enough to put the disgraced. Thank you for that. I respect you know, that. Here's the thing. How is Babcock disgraced and Quenville is not? No one ever mentions that when they talk about Quenville in an article. He, he yeah, hurt figure Martyr's that one feelings. out. That's why he hurt Martin's feelings. All that. Exactly. Yeah. He mistreated a good player. Yeah. That. Where, Folks, where's the lie? <laughs> Where's the okay, line? cover up sexual assault for a guy down in the minors, but don't you dare fuck with the franchise. 
Yeah. Be racist to Akeem Alou in the AHL. That doesn't happen at the NHL level. Don't worry doesn't about happen, it. Doesn't happen in Ukraine either. Jesus Christ. If you want to go back to the just racism in general, just in sports, you know, it happens in the, in the minors, happens in... You remember the, the Jalen Smerick situation yeah. last year? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry. sorry. You, when you say Ukraine, I think about a completely different situation. Oh, right. yeah, 100%. Fuck, that league was in the Ukraine? I didn't even know that. That was in Ukraine, yep. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, the disgrace to Mike Babcock is, quote, far down the line with the team as in talking to them and potentially being their next head coach. And the inference is that that team is the Columbus Blue Jackets. You're going to bring in Mike Babcock, potentially. And again, we're not I'm not sitting here being like, fuck the Blue Jackets, because we don't know yet. But if, in fact, the Columbus Blue Jackets are questioning as to whether or not Mike Babcock is the answer for their team, when you are paying Johnny Goodrow nearly $10 million and Patrick Laine nearly 9 and your response is, I'm going to bring in Mike Babcock to be the head coach of that team. Such a terrible idea. Oh my are God. you fucking insane? It's, I guess John Tortorella, you can't bring him back for a second term. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just... There goes uh, Lafreniere's development 100%. Jesus. That's not going to be fun at all. That'd be the Rangers, sir. Oh, fuck. Not My a real bad. hockey fan. Yeah. Um, that said, though, just look, <laughs> if there is some truth to these stories, the the desperation it reeks of is incredible. <laughs> like, really, the fact that anyone would be this desperate to just be like, yeah, no, we'll, we'll take the hit. It's fine. We'll take we'll take the publicity hit for Mike Babcock. Feel free, Columbus. That's that's the answer, potentially. My God. Um, and the final thing to talk about, you mentioned the Fantilli hit at the IIHF World Championship. It's a tournament we haven't really been following that much. I mean, I see stuff on Twitter, but again, the problem with this particular tournament, it's just not that big in the U.S. because it runs at the same time as the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, but there was the suspension for Canada's Joe Valeno, five games for violating official playing rule 49, kicking. It was a stomp onto the ankle of a certain member of the Swiss team. Um, number one, good on the IH, double IHF. Oh, my God. Yeah. You actually handed out a fucking suspension that some could argue should have been even more. It does end Valeno's tournament at the very least. Um, and you know, you know how you know this is a good thing compared to the NHL? Evander Kane's response on social media. This is why fighting and hockey is needed. <laughs> Endo couldn't make it a sentence without busting out laughing. <laughs> ah, so guys won't stomp on each other's feet. That's why we throw fists. And someone's like, and, and Randall remember- Kane pretty much kicked someone too, like fairly recently, as I recall. Yeah. You guys remember? It's kick, or be, it's kick or be kicking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I f- finish the quote and I'll, I'll go, I'll okay. have my thing. Yeah, this this is why fighting and hockey is needed. It discourages ideas like this and helps police the game effectively. Sin couldn't make it through two sentences without I'm sorry. laughing. And, and, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have my piece. Please go. <laughs> Try not to laugh. Challenge impossible. <laughs> All right. 
This is why fighting in hockey is needed. It discourages ideas like this and helps police the game effectively. Oh Disgusting play to watch, especially after my injury this year. Embarrassing. So like, my, my take on wrong. this... <laughs> my take on this is this, and then I'll turn it over to you guys. Can you tell that he is accustomed to a DOPS that doesn't do anything? Mm-hmm. Because you know what a proper... A proper way to enforce that, hey, you don't do this shit is to fucking suspend someone and say, you fucking idiot, you don't get to play now. Feel fucking dumb. Not, hey, you fucking idiot, this guy's going to punch you. We'll see you in five to ten minutes. That is the bottom line. This is a player in Evander Kane, and I'm sure he's not the only NHLer that has a take like this, that has essentially, unfortunately had to fall into the pattern of thinking that this is the correct way to go about things when it is yeah. not. If you have a proper DOPS now in the NHL, sure. His way is probably the right way. Cause you do not have a proper and effective department of player safety, but in the uh, ideal world, the smart world, the common fucking sense reigns supreme world. Yeah. Joe Valeno gets fucking suspended for five games. Because that's what should have happened. Whereas in the NHL, he might have gotten a 5K fine, maybe one game. That depends. Did someone, uh, if Evander Kane came over and how punched him for is, this, yeah. they how both would have gotten. How useful is he to his lineup? Okay. Um, yeah, and how useful is he to the lineup? Fair point. Um, gotcha. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, but Evander's take isn't inherently wrong. It does just read of like, how sad is this that the NHL is getting it so wrong that you have a player be like, oh, the proper response is to kick that guy's ass. It's like, no, the proper response is for the league to actually do something from a disciplinary standpoint. And the double IHF tends to get it right way more than they get it wrong, especially mm-hmm. relative to the NHL. So, yeah. Um, so the idea that fighting and having fighters on the team discourages things like this. Um, not at all. The people who used to fucking do this the most were the goons. Mm-hmm. Like, buddy, like they were the ones who used to legitimately do all this bullcrap like this like and the reason that you had the goon was to protect them from the other goons most of the time like it yeah the goon would never fight joe valeno the goon oh. would fight canada's goon yeah like, and it's like, oh, but, but now joe valeno has to go up to his goon teammate and say i'm sorry you had to fight today yeah i'll buy you dinner tonight oh yeah what a real lesson for joe valeno had to buy fucking Tony Elon Twist Lucic. dinner that night. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the fuck? Tony yeah. Twist. So, with <laughs> that being obscure. said, some of the dirtiest players were goons. Um, some of the worst hits were done by goons if they could fucking catch up to the people that hit them. Yeah, um, they couldn't. And guess what? We have a fucking goon running the Department of Player Safety. Sure do. But he went to Harvard. He's smart. Princeton, but yeah. Princeton. Um, <laughs> Miss Princeton. Clifton. Sorry, the way you said Princeton. To... Yeah, uh, I don't care. They fucking went to Princeton. George W. Bush went to Yale. <laughs> that he did. <laughs> the fuck does that mean? You got money or yeah. connections? You know, you know that reminds me of of the fucking uh, the oh. senior with the with t- smashing pumpkins. This is the baseball. <laughs> Uh, Anytime you hear, I hear Bush, first thing I think of is him just raising the baseball. That's the other Bush, though, dude. That's I HW. Know. So yeah. the, the fact that you you got to compare George Paros to George W. in terms of 
No, I wasn't just comparing being... the two. It's just that you cannot hang how smart a person on by what college they go to, especially one of those fucking Ivy Leagues. Given the fact that W has an entire Wikipedia page, Bushism, <laughs> because he misspoke so fucking yeah. often. I know. Including like... my favorite George W. Bush quote. I think we agree. The past is over. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i believe continue. that human being and fish can coexist peacefully um yeah like, I don't, now now here's the thing peros can be very intelligent he could be i'm not saying he isn't but what i'm saying is he's wrong for the fucking job because he does he he does it he, he's poor at it sorry he's just bad i don't care how smart he is if you don't apply, if you don't use your brain right then you're an idiot hey listen he has you some know what credibility they need is someone him. who never fucking played the game to run the Department of Player Safety. Have the fucking rule set in front of him and be like, yeah. okay, that's bad. Yeah. And or, yeah, literally have yeah. somebody call it by the way it is written. And then if we are still getting complaints of, well, that's fucking stupid, then you change the fucking rule. But I hate to say, in the United States, we're not very good at amending amendments. No, we're not, yeah. are we? Mm. Let's not employ the guy who got a point per season <laughs> to, to fucking run the rule book on, on hitting. Yeah. And the guy if, who's if got like want... a thousand like penalty minutes, like Jesus Christ. That's legitimately <sighs> the worst person to have run the DOPS too. If, yeah. be, if there's any a former player who would be the best for it, it's Paul Korea. But he wants nothing and... to do with the NHL and I and I fucking don't blame him. Yeah, no kidding. Um, one thousand ninety two penalty minutes. That's ridiculous. You, you mentioned the points. And I, I have to know, I do believe, so Paul Bissonette got roasted on Reddit. <laughs> as he fucking deserves. As he fucking deserves, dude. For having the least amount of points on the TNT panel, even behind goaltender Henrik Lundqvist. <laughs> it's the best, dude. It's, it's the best. Paul Bissonette, though, I'm pretty sure, still has a higher point per game than George Peros. Let's see right now. Uh, Peros had 36 points in 474 games. Biz had 22 points in 202 games. Uh, 0.11 points per game uh, for Biz. And then for, uh, let me see, and then for Peros, 0.08. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> when you have a lower point per game average than the guy who got roasted on national television for being shit. What does that say about you, my man? Yeah. Really? And, uh... But don't worry. You're important because you're the head of the Department of Player Safety. Beauty. Congratulations. Just completely. Man, that's ridiculous. Also, Biz, what, Biz was a good hockey player when he played in junior and he played in the L. He Everyone's, was pretty deep. Yeah. He was the pretty people decent. who make it to the NHL are all good in juniors, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, like he, 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 was, he was pretty good. Fourth round pick. All right. 2003. Yeah. yeah. Too bad Sid couldn't make him greater. Well, we get to end today's show on a negative note because we get to talk about the NHL shortcomings. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can. Uh... <laughs> Your homework for today, everybody, is to go to the Bushism Wikipedia page oh, and man. just have a fun time. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm just, I can't help it. I'm reading some of them. 
Uh, my, my actual favorite one to end the show. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee. That says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. Fool me, you can't get fooled again. Fool me one time, shame on you. Fool <laughs> me twice, can put the blame on you. Fool me three times, fuck the peace sign, roll the chopper, let it rain on you. Oh, that's J. Cole. He references oh. the line in the song, yeah. Sim, what do you got going on? <laughs> um, realizing I don't know too much in J. Cole's discography. Uh, <laughs> the one Me I remember either. the most is uh, Love Songs or whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what have I got going on? I'm going to fucking starting up my money puck challenge on stream on YouTube and uh, getting ready for Finland, man. I cannot fucking wait, dude. When do you <sighs> I, get, I, I leave on July 5th. So very soon. What'd I say? Yeah, yeah, June. July. Thank you. You come back in um, July. <laughs> I do. I come back on July 7th. I'm a whole month there. I get to spend a few days working, but mostly hanging out with Anna. And yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be so great to see her again after such a long time. That's her yeah. name? Oh, nice. Nice name. Yeah. Have I not said it before? I'm pretty sure I have. No. I don't know. No, I don't uh, think so. I remember the one time you're like, you really hesitant on mentioning or it's like, yeah, my girlfriend. Well, like, oh shit! Yeah, girlfriend. I know. I just like slipped out that one day. <laughs> yeah. uh, and no, what are you got going on? I'm putting in the last 15 images in this video, and then it will be up and ready to go. The oh yeah, brother. We, yeah, what are we calling it? People know. What I don't know. Upload it. I'll think of a title. Legacy but. of Boston. I'll just I'll just copy a freaking U Tree episode title. It'll be fine. Oh boy, there Continue. you go. Copy more successful YouTubers. Yeah, I'm um, doing that. Yeah, then I'm going to do streams at 8 o'clock. So that's my thing now that I do. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Um, we, we got the normal the normal stream stuff going on. We're making videos. You know the deal. Gentlemen, though, we have to decide an episode title. Um, best Batman. Too many cooks. Okay, that's ahead of best Batman. <laughs> Uh, oh, we, well, also, we can't do we can't do cussy or whatever the oh, hell well, no no cussy was the next suggestion <laughs> no cussy um, uh, and then we had bam 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 or finish beach body I think no cussy wins no yeah. cussy's good that or too many cooks those are both good guess but too many cooks I'm biased towards because that makes me laugh every time I think of it fair enough thank you forever uh, thank you everyone for listening to no cussy another edition of the Tukey's Take podcast. <laughs> Uh, we will be back <laughs> later on this week. Um, take care of yourselves. Better yourselves. Papa John's. Manscaped.com. Code Toogie. Good night.